Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Back in January, 41 straight points for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now here in September, 31 straight points for the Kansas City Chiefs as they win the season opener 34 to 20 over the Houston Texans. Hey, thank goodness for garbage time, by the way. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller with very respectable games. David Johnson, a good one as well. We'll talk about that. We'll preview seven more NFC home games today. We're going to play Beat the Waiver Wire if you're already trying to get a jump on week two. Why not pick up Why not pick up the Titans DST, people? Good matchup this week. Great matchup next week. Available in about 40% of leagues. Go ahead and get them. Good morning, Dave Richard and Jamie. Well, actually, good morning to my good friend, Jamie Eisenberg. Good morning to my former friend, Dave Richard. I mean, I can go back to bed. (laughs) I'm your former friend. You don't want to hear from me. Tough night for us, Dave. You and I. Not for me. We're on the outs. Well, if you say so. Oh, finally ditching your ass after 15 years. Yeah, no, Dave Dave, uh, and the Twitch audience convinced me to sit Sammy Watkins. <laughs> and oops, let's see. Sammy Watkins has only started in 19% of leagues. I could have been, I could have made a 20. Just uh, put him on the list for 2021 week one. This is now another big week one for him. Two years in a row. He's the new Deshaun Jackson. Oh. Yeah, start him next week, Adam. Go ahead. Uh, I am not... I might. I mean, they've got the Chargers, and we'll see. And then Baltimore, and then New England. Okay. <sighs> well, anyway, how was it watching football? Fun, right? It's it was awesome. great. It was. Uh, it was. It was fun. Fun game. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, it's so. It's so uh, awesome to watch the Chiefs' offense just work and how creative they are. And uh, Andy Reid's face mask was awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, look, you know the the Texans. Um, if if there's if there's positives that come out of that, it's Will Fuller's going to be really good if he stays healthy, and David Johnson's going to be really good if he stays healthy. Yeah, and they I mean they only threw they didn't throw enough they didn't have the ball that much uh, at least until the fourth quarter, but only 32 pass attempts, which was a little surprising. David Johnson with a very good game, uh, 77 rushing yards and a touchdown, 32 receiving yards. Duke Johnson got hurt, so Duke Johnson left with a leg injury. We'll have to check on that. Um, their their next two games are Baltimore and Pittsburgh. All right, let's and we're gonna obviously talk about Clyde Edwards either. Also today on the show, Kyler Murray. Can you trust Kyler Murray against the San Francisco 49ers? Can you trust Terry McLaurin potentially matched up against Darius Slay? He did face the Lions last year. He torched the Eagles last year. Um, these are just a couple of the players. We're gonna talk about dozens of players in seven NFC home games. But uh, all right, Dave, let's get your thoughts here. Some other injuries in this game. Three defensive players for the Chiefs: cornerback Traverius Ward, defensive end Alex Okafor, defensive tackle Kalen Saunders. They all left with injuries. Don't know anything about the severity right now. Um, we saw the you know we saw the quote from uh, Patrick Mahomes that they the Texans 
really focused on limiting the big play. They played their safeties deep. They had a guy over Tyreek Hill the whole game. Bradley mm-hmm. Roby actually did a pretty good job in coverage on him. And so that... Not on the touchdown, but there that's was hard. a whole lot he could do on that. Yeah, right, right exactly. How are you going to cover Tyreek Hill there? But there was, it was just a lot of short passes for Patrick Mahomes, and, and Sammy Watkins benefited from it. Watkins is uh, rostered in... 76% of leagues. Nicole Hartman, by the way, 64%. What, what do you think about the Chiefs passing game right now? They they took what the Texans gave them, obviously, yeah. and that really did help Sammy Watkins, and it's something to keep in mind because that's probably how a lot of defenses are going to play the Chiefs this year. They're not going to try and stop the run, and I don't know if blitzing Patrick Mahomes is any good. They, the Texans tried doing that on the touchdown that was overturned by uh, Robinson dropping the football in the first quarter. I, I would expect that you'll see more of that short passing it's going to go to Kelsey Watkins I almost wonder if Watkins is like a better version of Larry Fitzgerald for the Chiefs where not not as dynamic as he used to be but certainly a little faster than Larry Fitzgerald right now and a guy who can be a good contributor in these high scoring games maybe you should look at Sammy Watkins a little more closely maybe he's not just a in case of emergency grab off the bench guy but the one guy they didn't use in their short area passing game and they will in the future is going to be Edward Zilaire he didn't have any catches in this game and he still had a monster fantasy performance and he could have had more i'm sure we'll talk about that yeah let's but, do it now yeah okay look i, I think edwards Hilaire, there's there's just there's a lot to like about him but there's not a lot to like about the chiefs short yardage offense because when they were at the goal line, they were given to Edwards Alaire. The offensive line was getting pushed back. Texans probably, they're the story there. They're just good at stopping those short yardage carries at the goal line. At least they were on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It, it It's not that big of a concern yet. I don't think that if Daryl Williams had been in there, for example, that he would have done a better job than, than Edwards Alaire. Okay. And Jamie, we talked about that on Fantasy Football Today in 5, but we also talked about this Twitter poll I said, don't even think about it. Just tell me how you're feeling about this right now. If you were drafting again today, who would you draft first? Clyde Edwards-Zeeler or Alvin Kamara? 2,600 votes and Clyde Edwards-Zeeler, 56%. Alvin Kamara, 44%. Alvin <laughs> Kamara has had 81 catches three oh, years in a row. Good old I wonder if you would have done that with Dalvin Cook, how it would have been. I think it would have been Clyde Edwards-Zeeler either way. No, I, I'm sure it would have been. I'm just, you know, because if you just look at average draft position. I should have done it with Zeke. Cook went right before I should have done it with Z because I think, you know, I'm guessing a lot of people would take Clyde Edwards-Eler a third. And I don't, I look, I get it. If he's going to keep getting goal line situa- uh, rushes and the catches will come. But, you know, w- give me your overall impressions. And do you think Clyde Edwards-Eler, in case you missed it, had a bunch of chances to get in from the one-yard line and got stuffed every time? Jamie, do you think he's in jeopardy of losing that role? I mean, he could be, but he, who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like they're going to... They're not going to just bring in Daryl Williams to be a goal line specialist. You know, they're going to keep their guys on the field. You'll probably see a few more. You know, they had a couple of the, you know, receivers crossing the 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 formation. And, you know, you get the little flip pass that'll, you know, add a couple touchdowns to Mahomes at some point. Um, but, no, I'm not worried about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at all. You know, I, again, if this was the start, you're thrilled. And, and this oh, is yeah. something that they could build off of. Um, you know, Daryl Williams is going to be on the field probably a little bit more in some cases because I don't know if they want to go every game and giving their – rookie running back 25 carries because who knows if he could hold up to that. So, you know, is he going to be 20 touches on a weekly basis? I think that's, you know, probably a good place to, to start. You know, we, we really haven't seen that from the chiefs in the last couple of seasons since Kareem hunt, you know, because they've rotated Damian Williams and another guy, especially last year, you know, whether it was McCoy or Daryl Williams. 
Williams was disappointing. You know, he also didn't do a great job in the, in the time that he was out there. So that was a little frustrating too. Maybe if he had been a little bit better, then they would have given him some of those chances. Remember, there was a, a, a fourth down run where, or third down run uh, early in the game. He yeah. didn't convert it, and they went for a fourth down. So their short yardage game was just not great across the board. So I wouldn't necessarily put it all on Edward Solaire. The only thing I think that would be concerning is that they didn't use him more in the passing game. You know, that's something I think that you expected to see, especially knowing that uh, from what we heard, when he was going to be out there, they're not going to put him in some blitz protection situations. Now, he was running routes. But, you know, uh, a couple of at least one of his targets was, you know, Mahomes just getting uh, uh, bailed out and, you know, threw it behind him yep. and he and he didn't catch the ball. So I'm going to guess he'll probably be in the five target range, you know, uh, more often than not as co- uh, compared to two targets. But that's the thing that I think you want to see more of. The, the short area stuff will work itself out. Remember, they're still working through their offensive line, too, without DuVernay Tardif, whatever the name is. The DuVernay doctor Tardif. Yes, without yes. the doctor there, you know, assembly played well. Um, you know, they kept highlighting how how good he was doing. Mm-hmm. And but again, this is their their first game. You know, first time with with serious contact. And so, you know, I, I'll I'll uh, I'll lean toward them being better in that regard more more than being concerned about. It. Is it a silver lining for Daryl Williams that he was in on pretty much every passing down in the two minute drill? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, mean, yeah, but who's like, but he got totally out touched in such a severe way that he just looks doesn't he just look like a handcuff right now like the, oh, the idea of yes. you're starting two Chiefs running backs yes yes I out, started I out. started Williams over carry on Johnson yesterday when I saw that Adrian Peterson was going to play mm. so I was like oh why do I want to deal with that mess against the Bears as opposed to this what turned to be a mess against uh against the Texans um but I think you're gonna like don't drop Daryl Williams if you don't have to because you see what the workload could be yeah. if he ever gets that job. Like that's the 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 lottery ticket, you know, scenario that we've been talking about. So um, I, I'm I'm discouraged that he wasn't more productive in the touches that he had, but I would not say get rid of Darrell Williams yet. He's not on on the chopping block by okay. any stretch. All right, Dave. Just a few quick questions. We'll finish up. We'll move on here. Uh, okay. How patient are you going to be with Brandon Cooks? And how patient are you going to be with Miko Hardman? And in that respect, should you pick up to Marcus Robinson, who could have had a two-touchdown game? He dropped two touchdowns. I wonder if Robinson starts to fall out of favor. If if he continues to drop the football, that was brutal. Um, I'm going to obviously give Cooks at least a couple more weeks. Unfortunately, the next couple of weeks are not going to be easy matchups for him. Yeah. And and you hate that he had half as many targets as, as uh, Will Fuller. You know, at, at the beginning of the game, I felt like they were doing a decent job of spreading the ball around and doing the things that Deshaun Watson was talking about this offseason. And then push comes to shove. He's going after Will Fuller. So a little bit different than what we were expecting. And I wonder if that changes or maybe it doesn't. Um, Hardman is now more of like a, a Tyreek Hill handcuff and deep leagues it was it was frustrating to see him play i think he played the same percentage of snaps in week one as he did in the super bowl which means that there's been no change and i don't know when that change is going to come i don't know when hardman's going to get an opportunity to start playing 50 plus percent of the snaps all right well the chiefs get the chargers next week and the rate and the texans get the ravens and then the steelers and then the vikings next three games All right, I want to promote a few things here. Weekend programming, a lot of weekend programming for you. All right, first of all, for Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports HQ. It's live noon Eastern every Monday through Friday. Check it out. Uh, DFS show on Friday, in addition to other stuff, of course, like the big injuries and things like that. We'll talk about, yeah, we got a lot of wide receiver injuries to update you on right now. Uh, Jamie, what, what are we looking at Sunday morning on HQ? 
Oh my God, it's going to be crazy. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, we have um, we have a lot of guests. Uh, we have Tom Spencer, who you probably hear me reference a lot during the season. He is in the booth as the research guy, um, you know, the guy that gives all the information to Jim Nance and Tony Romo. He is amazing. And he is uh, in the pre-production meetings with the teams that uh, they, uh, the game that they cover. And so Tom is, uh, the, the CBS crew is at the Patriots and Dolphins. So I'm excited to hear what they're, uh, what they have planned for Cam Newton in week one. Well, what time, what the, time is all, are all the festivities kicking off? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. All right. 10 to noon or 10 to one. Right. Yeah. All right. 10 to one. Just stay tuned to HQ and on Twitch at 1130 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. We're answering your starter suit questions 1130 to 1230. So you've got HQ, you've got Twitch, you got all that. Uh, The Fantasy Football Today in five podcasts will drop a fresh episode on Sunday morning, but we're going to record it at like 8 a.m. It's not going to be out at 3 a.m. like normal. So you'll probably get around 830 or 9 a.m. We'll update you on some of the things there. And oh, we got a mailbag, of course. This this podcast feed will have a mailbag that airs on Saturday. We'll answer your questions today. We're going to read your Apple podcast questions and your emails. Um, no Ben Gretsch. So it's me and Ben Schrager running the mailbag this year. Will Brinson and the crew from the Pick 6 NFL podcast brought you a podcast every weekday of the offseason. And now football's here, so you're going to get at least eight weekly episodes out of Pick 6. Gambling advice, fantasy picks leading up to the games, and recaps as soon as the games end. So for the most comprehensive NFL audio experience, download and subscribe to Pick 6 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else podcasts are found. Want to update everybody on a huge ranking mistake that Dave, Jamie, and Heath made. Somehow they don't have George Kittle as the number one tight end this week facing the Cardinals, but we will forgive them for that. Would you have said that if Kelsey had two touchdowns and 100 yards last night? I would have said that. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even, like, I didn't even look. Um, I mean, I looked, but I guess I didn't notice. But if I had said that before the Thursday night game, I definitely would have said, how do you not have George Kittle as your number one tight end? Um, but, you know, I, I looked at... You weren't at, in front of a microphone, right, at any point to say that? <laughs> no, I know I should have, but I looked at... Um, I looked at the last five teams that finished last against tight ends, as the Cardinals did last year, and only one of them like repeated as like a horrible DST against tight ends. So you never know what's going to happen. But you got a wild card though. We'll see how Isaiah Simmons does. Yeah, I, I hope I would love to see him try to cover George Kittle in his first yeah, NFL game. Not so good. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans did not practice. Uh, Danny Amendola also limited with a hamstring injury, but Sutton's got the sprained AC joint. Does it seem serious? He's got a Monday night game against Tennessee. So what's the deal? I'd anticipate him not playing this week at this point. Okay. Um, Jerry Judy, 88% owned. Noah Fant, 84% owned. Are you going to move them up in your rankings? Well, I mean, obviously if Sutton's out, they're going to see an uptick in targets, but I mean, this is not going to be pretty for this Broncos team if they don't have those guys and they could be on the field all day defensively because of the the defense being banged up without Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, you know, not playing 100%. So this could be a Titans field day if they really, you know, want to just milk the clock and run Derrick Henry all over them. Yeah, but I mean, are you going to say like Jerry Judy's in your top 30, Noah Fant's a top 12 for sure guy? Fant, yes. Judy, not not so fast. All right. Yeah, yeah, and if, it, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get a little bit of a better idea. The the Broncos had their media session before their practice. I don't know if Vic Fangio addressed it afterwards. I didn't see anything, but 
uh, you know, depending on the severity of it, with KJ Hamler also out, you know, if you're in deeper leagues, like really deep leagues, uh, Deshaun Hamilton apparently has had a good camp, and Tim Patrick, those guys are still there. You know, I know they were really disappointing last year, but you know, targets are targets, and so if you're in a 14 team league, 16 team league, you know, you could be looking for an end of bench guy, especially if you can move Sutton to an IR spot. Uh, depending again on, on the severity of it, that's something I would look at for sure. Okay, um, Dave, give me a quick. We're going to talk about this game later, Detroit at Chicago, but give me a quick thought on the Lions wide receivers as Galladay's been out and Danny Amendola limited. Both have hamstring injuries. Um, could be a big week for Marvin Jones. Could be a rough week for the Lions if they don't have Kenny Galladay. Um, I, I would imagine they're going to take the safe route, much like Tampa Bay would do, and not risk putting these players in a precarious position. Uh, Bears defense, I don't know if they're going to be as good as people think they are. I know that Khalil Mack's going to be awesome. I'm not sure if Robert Quinn is is even healthy at this point. I think I saw him on the injury report. Uh, but, yeah, if he doesn't, if the Lions don't have Galladay, then that's a problem for them. But Marvin Jones could see a lot of targets. Like, TJ Hawkinson's good too. If Galladay doesn't play, are you sitting Matthew Stafford for um, probably Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr? Uh, I like Carr this week, so I might I might do that. Stafford would fall way out of the top twelve. All right, without Galladay, Sportsline already has him as the twenty fifth quarterback in their projections. <laughs> wow, with Galladay, he, with Galladay. I don't wow. know if, if he could fall much lower. I think the Bears pass rush is going to be good. You know, uh, Quint, whenever you get a, a a good pass rusher opposite an elite pass rusher, yeah. that guy typically tends to play well. And Quinn actually played really well last year. He just didn't get a lot of sacks. Let me time. see if I can find Well, yeah, and Quinn was a, was a good pass rusher opposite an elite pass rusher last year, right? Sure. So. Okay. But he hasn't practiced the last two days. Yeah. All right. Keep so an eye on that. Hopefully Friday he practices and that'll make it better for the Bears defense. It'll make it harder on the Lions. A lot of injuries already. Not good. Yeah. Mike Evans did not practice. I mean, can we should we just not start him even if he does play? You probably shouldn't. I wasn't a big fan coming into the week anyway, just because of how Marshawn Lattimore has done covering him. And yeah. it's uh, the, the Saints are going to try and take him away first and foremost, I'm sure. But if he's not at 100% on top of that, you're definitely not going to want to use him. All right. The rest of the news Debo Samuel did not practice, and Brandon Ayuk was limited. David Montgomery practiced in full. We'll talk about this game, like I said. But Jamie, uh, would you give any thoughts of starting Montgomery against uh, the Lions? I mean, if he goes through another full practice today, absolutely. You know, this this is shaping up, especially if the Lions are going to be banged up offensively, like a game the Bears can can win. Um, I mean, they can win even if Galladay's out there. So I, I think Montgomery's game script should be okay. It's just a matter of how much they're going to use him. You know, are they going to you know risk further injury to a backfield that we know is thin to begin with. So um, I'd be a little bit cautious, but, if, you know, flex. Okay. Miles Sanders was limited in practice. You guys have him outside the top 12, but not far. Uh, you know, it, it, we're just, we just don't know what kind of workload he'll get. Let's see how much he practices on Friday. Miles Sanders. Jalen Rager practiced in full. Uh, we will preview this game, but would anybody consider starting Jalen Rager if he plays? 14-team league, 16-team league, that type of Three thing. receivers, yeah. Like okay. super deep. Uh, another Saints-Bucks note, Marcus Davenport, Saints defensive end. Good player, did not practice with an elbow injury. And they we're not even sure they're going to be able to play in New Orleans unless there's an update on that. They're trying to get approval to play in New Orleans. A very strange thing with all these COVID regulations. 
I assume they'll be playing in New Orleans. It seems like a weird time to have to deal with this. Cleveland cornerback Greedy Williams still out with a shoulder injury. Um, Baltimore offensive coordinator Greg Roman said the backfield touches will change on a weekly basis. Okay. It's awesome. I, I, w- I was talking to Heath about that before FFT yesterday. Uh, and he, he said, hopefully that's just uh, J.K. Dobbins through Gus Edwards and Mark right. Ingram is, is, is fine. You know, so... Uh, right now, they have Dobbins listed fourth on the depth chart, but Justice Hill is third, and he's been hurt. So um, my guess is we'll see a little bit of J.K. Dobbins this week, but don't play him. And the last note I'll give is Divino Zigbo is on IR. And uh, we talked about that broke late during yesterday's show, but James Robinson, uh, definitely someone you want to get on your roster, and we'll see if we want Just to start him. And yeah. Chris Thompson. He's still available. I don't get it. Yeah. All right, so, Chris so look, Thompson. We got some wide receiver. I think he's useless here. in non PPR. Yeah. He is. He is relatively useless in non PPR. But last year against the uh, Eagles, he had seven catches for sixty-eight yards on ten targets. I would not be surprised if he has a similar stat line this week. Yeah, I, I, man, that whole like deep, deep, trying to carry over things from last year is tricky because uh, those that, like I said, the Chiefs and the Texans. Gave up the most receiving yards to running backs last season. And Clyde Edwards either didn't have a catch. <laughs> and David Johnson had like 30 yards. Uh, wide receiver sleepers. Let's. Are there any wide receiver sleepers that you want to talk about considering Evans might be out and Sutton might be out and Galladay might be out? Uh, sure. Who should we look at? They don't I mean, even have to be to, that deep, you know? If you're going to the waiver wire, Paris Campbell, you know, just to see what he does against that Jaguars defense. Mm-hmm. Brian Edwards, who's going to be a starter, has had a good camp uh, going against that Panthers defense. Van Jefferson in what's expected to be a high-scoring game against the Cowboys. The over-under is over 50. You know, those would be some guys I go look at. Brandon Ayuk, especially if Debo Samuel is going to be out, the fact that he's now practicing and looking like he's going to be on track to play. Um, you know, th- those are the guys I'd look at, not just simply because of you may need them. There's some long-term appeal with those guys. Now on the higher end, you know, Anthony Miller, Steven Sims, you know, guys that we've said for to draft with late round picks, Miller's not as available as Sims is, but Sims, you know, the, he's locked into his role. You know, he's going to be the the number two receiver, whether he's the slot guy or the outside guy, he's going to play a lot. Um, I'm, I'm expecting him to get, you know, a good amount of targets. And then, you know, in terms of Miller, uh, he had a huge game against Detroit last year. And, you know, again, he's locked into his role as the second, guy behind Allen Robinson, whether again, he's playing inside or playing outside. So, you know, those would be the first places that I'd go look. Um, and it'd yeah. be nice if you had uh, Sammy Watkins too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and Anthony Miller is rostered in 59% of leagues. There are a few things like he had one really good game against the lions last year. And in the other game, Taylor Gabriel caught a touchdown. And, and when Taylor Gabriel didn't play, that's when Anthony Miller really took off and Taylor Gabriel's not on the team anymore. And Anthony Miller has the giants next week. So he's a beat the waiver wire guy as well. Uh, so again, he's the most owned, I think, of all the wide receivers you named, but only 59% and somebody to definitely look at. Uh, let's do beat the waiver wire. For those of you who are new to the show, we can take a help. Oh, I'm sorry. One more. Ahead. Scott Miller. Scott yeah, Miller. Just with the, the chance of, you know, Evan's not playing. I was going to say three deep guys are yeah, Scott Miller, Jalen Guyton, and Auden Tate. But I mean, we're talking deep for all three. Miller's the best of those three just because it looks like he's got a path to play if Evans is out. 
All right, beat the waiver wire. If you want to take a peek ahead to week two or just beyond, it's not a bad time. Beat everybody to the waiver wire, especially Friday night. Everybody's like busy doing fun things Friday night. Go make some ad drops in your fantasy league. That's what cool people do. That's what you do on Friday nights. (laughs) I wish I did. I should take more advantage of it because everybody's in on Saturday night making their claims. Uh, Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey. Rager, 49% rostered. Jeffrey, 17% rostered. Not necessarily week two plays, but... Um, or Rager might. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know if you'll see. You'll see what the matchups like against the Rams, but um, quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins would be a long shot. Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, Baker. Like whenever May- they have, you know, those game scripts, you just gotta assume they're gonna run all over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baker Mayfield against the Bengals on Thursday. Few DSTs. Cleveland against the Bengals. Tennessee. Tennessee against Jacksonville. Burrow. Okay. Tampa Bay against Carolina. I think, I mean, Tennessee, 62%, and they could be really good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Lazard against Detroit, 61% rostered. Scotty Miller against Carolina. Anthony Miller against the Giants. Steven Sims at Arizona. Uh, just some names I came up with there. Go ahead and beat the waiver wire. I know our threshold is like 60% or less for this type of thing, but James Robinson is still sitting at 61%. Oh, wow. Okay. And they have the Titans next week. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Just would not hurt. All right, the startometer for some games that we'll preview late in the show in case you don't tune in for the entirety of these marathons. Jared Goff against Dallas Sunday night. Seven. Five. Any Rams running back in that game? Also One. five. One. Five. Who's as high as a five? Acres would be as high as a five. Michael Gallup in that game. Wait, we're we're scoring a scale of one to ten, right? Not one to five. One to fifty. Oh, okay. Yeah, one, then twenty-five. One, one to ten. <laughs> uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, eight. Yeah, seven. Start him over Cooper. Yes. Okay. Uh, I like them all. All right. Well, for the three fantasy managers that have both, start Gallup over Cooper. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders against Tampa Bay. Two. Yeah, yeah. I, number two wide receivers really crushed Tampa Bay late in the year. They got pretty good against number ones, and they gave up a lot to the number two guys. But their secondary really is worth watching. Good young players kind of emerged late last year. Rob Gronkowski at New Orleans. Is Evans playing? Good question. I, I'm going to say no. If Evans is not playing, I imagine he's going to play more. If Evans is playing, then I think you'll see less of Gronk. So... Uh, Evans in, I'll say two. Evans out, I'll say three. <laughs> I was going to say five. <laughs> okay, five's a big number for Dave. Uh, Jared Cook against Tampa Bay. Seven. Eight. He's and, got a score. He's got a score. Uh, Tariq Cohen against Detroit. Nine. Now that Montgomery's coming back, I think he's more of like a seven. Nine in PPR, two in non-PPR. <laughs> right. And, and carry on Johnson at Chicago. Four. You know. I do? Five. Five. <laughs> I should have gotten that. Oh, man. All right. I haven't picked a Bonanza. I'm not sure I'm going to. I don't really like I'm so over it. Let's go to Arizona. You have to pick a Bonanza. Do I? Yeah. Go Wacky. Go, go, go Raiders, Panthers. How, look at how far you've come, Jamie, because it used to be that you, you didn't want him to pick a Bonanza. And now here we are in 2020, and you're, it's par for 2020. You're asking him to pick a Bonanza. 
I just don't want him to weasel out of things. I hate when people weasel out of things. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I, all right. I'm going to pick one that's a little surprising, and it's this game right here. Arizona at San Francisco. So the Bonanza is just like all the fantasy, like most of the players that you'd start in fantasy hit. Uh, and the total here is actually high. It's gone up mm-hmm. from 45 yep. and a half to 48. And the Niners are seven point favorites here. Um, all right. My stat of the game for this was actually, I've already given it about the teams that finished last against tight ends and where they finished the following year. It's not always, you know, a translation one year to the next, but still start Kittle. Another stat of the day that I could give is that the, the 49ers were really not good against mobile quarterbacks last year. Um, including Kyler Murray, who scored 26 and 30 fantasy points. But Murray, Wilson, Jackson, Mahomes, they all exceeded their yards per game averages when they faced San Francisco. That was a bit of an Achilles heel for them. Uh, Anyway, Kyler Murray is someone that I think we should debate here. Dave, you have him 6th, Jamie 14th, and Heath has him 11th. So, Dave, you're high on Kyler Murray this week. I think I'm high on Kyler Murray this year, and I think that Kyler Murray can add up some rushing yards, and I think the offense is going to have to go more so through him than Kenyon Drake. This won't be a game where Kenyon Drake gets 25 touches and, and limits the pass attempts and touches, touches really, for Kyler Murray. And he's got DeAndre Hopkins now. And Hopkins absolutely can add a lot to that passing game. I think, I think San Francisco is going to have their hands full. All right, Jamie, 14th for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, you're not benching him. Uh, I don't, I don't think, well, you're him I think, I think you might be. Well, I mean, if I had Roethlisberger or Cam, I would bench him for those guys because I think those guys have a higher ceiling this week. So, um, wow. you know, just looking at the matchup, uh, I like that Fred Warner's back for the 49ers. So that defense will, you know, hopefully be at full strength. And I, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, a unit that's motivated to shut down a guy that beat them up last year. So, you know, we, we, we know usually how much teams spend time working on week one. Uh, Robert Sala was talking about this yesterday, about how good Kyler Murray is. They certainly got their attention with how he performed against them last year. So I think he'll still be in that 20-point range. I think, you know, like what you got from Mahomes or, or Deshaun Watson, he'll, he'll be able to do that. Um, not maybe to the same level of, or same uh, way that those guys did it. You know, I don't know if it'll be garbage time like Watson or just a three-touchdown minimal yards type of game. But uh, I just expect his numbers to be lower. I don't think he's going to be 26 or more points like he was against them last year. I'm expecting to be in the 18 to 20 range. And uh, I I don't think he's a slam dunk start by any stretch. Okay, so who's the best running back in this game? San Francisco, Arizona, best running back. Mostert. Mostert and non-PPR, I'll still take Drake and PPR. And they're like number two guys. Yeah, both both must starts. Marlon Mack ahead of them? Yes. No. No? Okay. Um, Any rookies other than Edward Zeller? Probably not, right? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Drake, let's see, Mostert. Any wide receivers that you'd go with? Nah, you know what? Like, let's just start these guys. We're not going to overthink it. Um, number two guys. Uh, the wide receivers. So, are you starting a... I think we're on Arizona now. DeAndre, Hop- DeAndre Hopkins, any concerns? I wouldn't play him in DFS. But I think, you know, you should obviously start him if you drafted him in the second round. You know, I mean, uh, we'll see if, you know, how much he he sees of Richard Sherman. Um, That'll be a fun matchup. But, you know, I'm sure they're going to try and feature him as much as they, you know, should. So, you know, seven, eight targets is probably on the table for sure. 49ers typically keep Sherman to one side of the field, so he'll see right. Sherman mostly when he lines up on Sherman's side. Otherwise, it'll be Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. I bet you'll see Hopkins in the slot quite a bit. 
And I bet when they get inside the 10 that they're going to scheme up some plays, try and get them one-on-one with Kawan Williams or Emmanuel Mosley, their other cornerbacks, not Richard Sherman. I think he'll be a top 15 receiver this week, which really isn't surprising. Mm-hmm. Boy, the uh, the 49ers really struggled against number ones late in the year. Devontae Adams twice, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. They either had 98 or more yards or a touchdown or both. And that was just in San Francisco's last nine games. So I don't know if it's a good matchup, but I think it was proven last year that it's not an unbeatable matchup. Um, so you can start Hopkins. Uh, you guys do not have Jimmy Garoppolo in your top 24. Heath has him 16th. His two best games of the season were against the Cardinals. They gave up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Garoppolo threw four touchdowns in both games, scored 36 fantasy points. Jamie, no love for Jimmy G. Well, I mean, you know, not having Debo most likely and, you know, Brandon Ayuk at not 100%, it's it's about the weapons that he's going to have out there. So, I mean, Kittle can only do so much. He could have a two-touchdown game and Garoppolo can get a third from somebody else. That wouldn't shock me, but... You know, I think you look at what the 49ers MO is, is, is to run the ball. I think one thing we got to keep in mind um, is the fires that are happening in on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they said that the air quality wasn't bad for them in practice so far, but who knows what happens by the time we get to Sunday. So just keep that in the back of your mind when looking at this game that, you know, the, the area is being impacted. And, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've seen the images by now about what it looks like there. So uh, first off, hopefully everybody's okay. Um, but I think that's something that could impact both teams uh, if the air quality is not good. Oh, man, those pictures are just terrifying. Yeah, hopefully everybody's safe out there. Um, San Francisco running backs, Mostert's the only one we're looking at. McKinnon McKinnon is an interesting DFS play because he's super cheap, and he couldn't end up catching four or five passes. That's what he does. He's a third down back. If Debo Samuel plays, would you consider starting him? He had... Eight, no. He had seven targets. He had in the a first monster game. game last time against him. He did, but George Kittle didn't play in that game at 134 yards. When Kittle played, he had just 40 yards mm-hmm. in, the, in that game against Arizona. Um, no, yeah. I wouldn't feel good starting him. Okay. All right. So it's it's just Kittle basically in the passing game. And uh, San Francisco's DST is top five. Seattle at Atlanta. All right. Let me just ask you this. You got the, the, C, the Atlanta... 18.6 points per game in their last eight games defensively. That's what they gave up. In regulation, they also gave up a touchdown in overtime. So a little bit more than that if you count that. Their defense got a lot better. Seattle just added Jamal Adams. Is there a chance this game is not the bonanza that people think it will be? Or do you see it being a, a real high-scoring, good fantasy game? Seattle-Atlanta. High-scoring, good fantasy game. Yeah. And did you just Azer stat the 18.6 points per game? I mean, if you were going to look at the amount of points the team gave up, would you count overtime or would you just count Yes, regulation? of course. All right, so it's probably like 19 and Was a the team on the field when they gave up the points? I don't know. It could have been, it could have been a special teams touchdown. Uh, yeah, so a little, but still less than 20 uh, points per game allowed in their sure. last eight. And Which did is you good. know not one quarterback all year scored more than 24 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues against Seattle? And that week one, Dalton scored 24. Nobody scored more than 24 all season against Seattle. Do you think Matt Ryan does that this this week? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. Okay. They have no pass rush. They have they have a pass rush that's going to be very limited. So, you know, that's when Ryan typically thrives. Most quarterbacks mm-hmm. typically thrive. But this yeah. could be a good opportunity for him to get off to a great start, especially with, you know, his full complement of weapons. 
with his new tight end as well. So it should be fun to see how all three of those guys operate. I don't want to make this game overly simplistic here, but start a running back and two wide receivers on each team. Yep. Yes. And start Hayden Hurst. And start I don't Hayden. love Hurst. Oh, how Because he's going to get Jamal Adams. Maybe. I mean, he's going to new defense. We'll see if they use him in a similar way. So That's true. But if if they if they don't, then it's going to be one of their linebackers on Hurst, and that would be a better matchup for Hurst. But they still have good linebackers in Seattle, like they can cover, they can rush, they can tackle. Yeah, but they're, at the same time, they they were last against, second to last against. They tight allowed ends a ton of year. yardage. I think they only allowed six touchdowns to tight ends. So it would it would take volume. It's the same story that we talked about with Hayden Hurst all off season long. If he gets the volume that Austin Hooper had, he had seven and a half targets per game last year. If he gets that, then it doesn't matter who he's playing against. You're going to start Hayden Hurst every yeah. week. We don't know if that volume is going to be there. But why would you not anticipate that in Dirk Cutter's offense for a guy that they've been just hyping up all offseason? Like, why are they not going to give him? Target? Because they've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But who they had Julio awesome. Jones and Calvin Ridley last year, too. Yeah, and I know. But the, those are the better playmakers. At least I think they are better playmakers than Hayden Hurst. We'll see. Look, I I, I, I just, if, if you have Hayden Hurst, he's your only tight end, go ahead and start him. I'm a little worried that he could have a tough time picking up yardage with Jamal Adams in coverage. If you want to know how the Jets were against tight ends last year, because the Seahawks were terrible, but they obviously they were great. great. The Jets were great. Well, they, so what I've noticed is that a lot of fantasy points to tight ends is just dependent on the tight ends you play. And the Jets gave up the fourth fewest points to tight ends. You look at the game log, though, they didn't face a lot of good ones. They had very easy competition. Maybe they were really good. I don't know. But some teams were truly bad against tight ends. I think the Seahawks were one of those two teams. Maybe they'll be a lot better this year with Jamal Adams. I mean, it would make sense. Um, and they do have great linebackers for sure. Who, which running back do you like better, Gurley or Carson? Carson, but yeah. it's close. This should be a good game for Gurley. Every time Gurley's healthy, he's going to have a chance for good numbers. Uh, Gurley or Kenyon Drake? Gurley. I believe I have Gurley ranked higher. Okay, yeah, I think they're pretty close in the rankings. Um, okay, and DK Metcalf, is he a slam dunk start this week? Yes, a very good number two wide receiver. Well, top 20 for you guys. Mm-hmm. 23rd for Heath. About that. Okay, look, start these players. Russell Gage, what do you think about him as a sleeper this week? That'd be bad for Hayden Hurst if he ends up as a sleeper. Could be bad for Julio or Ridley, too. I mean, you know, it's and Matt Ryan's not throwing four touchdowns. You know, that'd be a surprise if he, if he has that type of game. I'd love it. But uh, I think you're looking at, you know, probably two touchdowns from him. And so who's going to be the one that scores those two touchdowns? We know Julio sometimes has a hard time finding the end zone, but puts up good yardage. So, I mean, obviously Russell Gage comes into play when you have a team that throws the ball as much as the Falcons throw the ball. But I'm not starting Russell Gage in week one unless I'm in a 14 or 16 team league and I just lost Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay. You, know, you may have had that, that scenario or Sutton's not out. You know, So you could be desperate, but yeah, he's, a, he's at the tail end of the guys that we talked about earlier, sure. Yeah, he had full practice on Thursday. I know he'd been dealing with a, like a groin injury toward the end of the training camp and practices before the season. It looks like he'll play. This, it's a pretty easy game, Adam. You start, you start all the main guys that you drafted to be starters. All right. And when these two teams met in week eight, Matt Schaub was the quarterback. He threw 52 times for 460 yards, and basically everybody had a good game. Jones had 152 yards. Ridley had four for 70. Hooper, 665 and a touchdown. And Russell Gage had seven catches for 58 yards. Last thing I'm going to say, because Russell Wilson's top five, Matt Ryan's seventh. Um, 
The last nine quarterbacks to face the Falcons. Here's what they did. Here are their fantasy points. Six point per passing touchdown leagues. And for those of you who want like a reference point, I think, you know, 21, 22 fantasy points is a solid week in a six point per passing touchdown league. Russell Wilson had 19. Drew Brees had 11. Kyle Allen had five. Jameis Winston had 29. Drew Brees had 13. Josh, uh, probably Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen had 19. Garoppolo had 14. Minshew had 16. Wilson had 18. The Falcons defense really stepped up second half of the year. We expect a high-scoring game. Let's see what happens. I just want to throw it out there. Let's see what happens. And they're getting Keanu Neal back, too. Uh, Philadelphia is at Washington. We need to make mention of one other thing. Yes, please. Two other things. So this is, I'm just looking at the Seattle injury report. Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, yeah. didn't practice on Thursday. He was limited on Wednesday. That would be problematic, even though the Falcons' pass rush isn't expected to be dominant. And Will Disley, he, he, he actually popped up on the injury report on Thursday. He practiced on Wednesday with the Achilles. Maybe he's got a shot to come back and contribute for the first three or four games of the season. Deep league stash. Yeah, tight end premium leagues he should be on. Is he better than Greg Olson? He Not, shouldn't be. No. But. Who would you rather have on your roster right now? Greg Olson, just because of health. You know, I, by the end of the season, it's probably, I hope it would be Disley just because of, you know, what his upside is. Yeah. But I'm sure Disley's going to be limited in what he plays and his snaps and all those things as they're still working him back from the Achilles. Okay. Philadelphia is at Washington. And look, there are more exciting games on the slate that we'll get to. But this one, I think, has some tough fantasy calls, guys, uh, like Terry McLaurin and how aggressive you want to be with Miles Sanders. The last four running backs that faced Washington, or that faced, yeah, Washington. I can still call them that. Washington last year. I get so <laughs> tripped up. Um, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, they all scored 24 or more non PPR fantasy points. They destroyed this team. But both teams are expecting to have better defenses this year, which wouldn't be so hard for Washington. They were 27th in scoring last year. Um, all right, first of all, Dwayne Haskins, any interest? No. Two quarterback league at best. Any Washington running back, any interest? Gibson, uh, Gibson. if you're in a pinch. Yeah, I'm starting Gibson in a few leagues. Can you give me like who you're starting Gibson over? Oh, it's a trash pile, but, you know, um, <laughs> carry on. Uh, I, I mean, the leagues where I went, you know, one running back, you know, modified zero RB, whatever you want to call it, where I took one running back and then a bunch of receivers. Uh, he's he's the, the the second option or flex. Yeah, or the leagues where you took a lot of rookie running backs and he was among them, starting him over Akers, Swift, Dobbins. I think it makes sense. Yep. If David Montgomery plays, would you play Gibson or Montgomery? I'd play Gibson in PPR, but I'd I would too. Montgomery in non-PPR. All right, give me a I, I just I just think this is a game where they're going to throw the ball to him quite a bit. You okay. Know, based on game script and how I think it's going to go. This J.D. McKissick starting thing is not an issue for me. Uh, so, you like, how many carries, how many catches? If he, Obviously, total guess for McKissick, or for, uh, for Gibson. I'd say five to eight carries and five to eight catches. All right. Uh, sure. So, who's a better sleeper this week? Steven Sims, Russell Gage, Paris Campbell. I'd take Sims, but I could see the case for Campbell. God, I, I really feel like Sims and Campbell are about the same, but I think Sims is a little safer. Terry McLaurin, let's talk about him. Jamie, 24th. Heath, 24th. 21st in PPR. Dave, just outside the top 30 for McLaurin. So basically a low-end number two, high-end number three for all of you guys. But look, McLaurin, 125 yards and 130 yards and a touchdown both times he faced Philadelphia last year. 
Um, why not higher in the rankings, I guess, Dave? Well, Philadelphia improved their pass coverage with Darius Slay. And I, I've come to the conclusion that Darius Slay is not an elite cornerback, but he's still worthy of being left in man coverage if Philadelphia so chooses. And I think that they're going to do something to try and limit Terry McLaurin. And you could say, well, they could have done that last year. Their defense, especially their pass coverage, was trash last year. And so I, I think that they're going to improve in that regard. They're going to try and take McLaurin away as best as they can. And I think their pass rush should be okay, even without Hargrave on the D-line, because that Washington offensive line is in, <clears throat> excuse me, such bad shape that uh, that I could see McLaurin having a less than ideal game. He had something like seventy yards against the Lions last year. That was when he was taking on Slay. Slay was in coverage on him most of the time, and when he wasn't in coverage, he actually had better yardage because the defense or the offense knew to go after whoever McLaurin was against when it wasn't Slay. Right. I would imagine that you're going to see McLaurin, like I said, struggle just a little. The okay. thing, the thing with Philadelphia's defense is they don't usually move their corners around. Uh, Jim Schwartz had Darius Slay in Detroit and he didn't move him there either. I think Slay is an elite cornerback, so it's going to be tough for McLaurin if he's matched up against him. Uh, the game you referenced, he had five catches for 72 yards against Detroit last year when Slay was following him around because that's what Slay did with the Lions. So uh, I was reading a story this week that Schwartz was at, or, or this offseason, Schwartz was asked about, are you going to let Slay travel and move around with guys? And he sort of kind of hemmed and hawed about it. Um, my guess is they're probably going to keep him to one side. So if McLaurin lines up there opposite him, it's going to be a little frustrating. But I think based on how this offense looks, while I mean, you've heard me say this since the beginning of the offseason, I like Steven Sims. McLaurin is by far and away the alpha in this offense. And so, you know, if he comes away with this without eight plus targets, I'd be shocked, especially if the game goes as you anticipate it going. So just based on volume, I have him lower probably for the same concerns Dave has just based on the secondary being better and this defense being better. But I still think if you have Terry McLaurin, you're starting him. These secondaries for both teams are very different than than what they were last year. The Reds, the uh, football team added Kendall Fuller and Ronald Darby. The Philadelphia Eagles added uh, Avante Maddox, Nikel Roby Coleman. He's just going to be their slot corner and Darius Slay. Uh, so, so we'll see because they were both really bad against wide receivers. Eagles allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Washington the ninth most. So now my next question to Sean Jackson or Terry McLaurin. I'd go Jackson just based on the upside and given what the, the I, I feel more comfortable with the Philadelphia secondary and their improvements as opposed mm-hmm. to the Washington football team secondary. Yeah. Plus, you know, uh, Doug Peterson as a play caller, I think we'll find ways to get Deshaun Jackson the ball. And we've seen it, you know, when he's when he's healthy, he puts up good numbers, especially when he has favorable matchups, you know. So we saw it in week one last year. We saw it in week one the year before, you know. So uh, there, there's a decent track record here for Deshaun Jackson when he's right. It's almost like how we always talk about Adrian Peterson when he has his legs underneath him. You want to buy into it you know same thing with an older receiver as well he's their version of sammy watkins <laughs> and i would take him i would take jackson whether rager plays or not yeah. okay fair enough uh carson too. dfs very yep, cheap absolutely carson wentz we like him he's like around 12th for you guys yeah like don't love I originally had him as a sit because I was worried about the offense. I was worried about the offensive line holding up for him because I really I think the Washington defensive line could be really good. Like Chase Young's an animal and those defensive line, all first rounders on that line. And I, I liked Wentz. I know what his upside is, and that's what kept him close to being a top 12 quarterback. And as Brady lost Evans and if Stafford loses Galladay, he's just going to keep moving up higher. So, yes, he's a start. Okay. Would you start Kyler Murray or Carson Wentz? Murray. Right. All right. It makes sense based on the conversation we had earlier. 
Um, Tom Brady or Wentz? Wentz. I think Wentz right now. I mean, if Evans plays, that's a different conversation. But with Evans trending in the wrong direction and not being 100%, it probably makes right. more sense to go. Right. right. Yeah. Now that we know that Evans, if he plays, even if he plays, would be less than 100%, I think it's easy to go with Wentz. Yeah, unless they've just been resting him and he's going to you know, come out and be fine. So we've already talked about Russell Gage and Paris Campbell and some of these uh, deep sleepers and Steven Sims. Any interest in Greg Ward? Not if Rager plays. I mean, you know, it's worth, worth, how much? How many targets are you going to get? He's going to be their slot receiver, right? Yeah. And now they've got Deshaun healthy and Rager could be healthy and they're, they're going to give Arcega Whiteside a chance to play on the outside. And if they don't have Rager, I, and even if they do have Rager, you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. How much playing time is Ward going to have? And when you've got that question for a player going into a week, I don't think you can feel good about him in DFS or deeper leagues, which are the only two places you'd even think about Ward. All right, we got to finish up with this game here. Uh, Miles Sanders is a top 15 back. He's not a top 10 back. Could be a little bit concerned about his workload, but I would think Miles Sanders is going to be started in 90% of leagues or more. Boston Scott uh, or Antonio Gibson? I'd play Gibson, but, you know, if we get reports Sunday that Sanders is going to have a limited snap count, you know, you've seen what Scott can do. He had two games last year with double-digit carries, and he was over 10 non-PPR points in those two games. And you saw what he was when Sanders left Week 17 against the Giants. He was an absolute monster. So um, I I would be very inclined to play Scott in DFS if Sanders, you get that type of report, Mm -hmm. and I'd be very inclined to use Scott as a flex option over Gibson if we get that type of news. Scott's under 5,000 on DraftKings, right? I believe so. I don't yeah. know. 4,800. That. That, I think that's a good price, even if Sanders plays. Okay. Start Zach Ertz, sit Dallas Goddard, and the Eagles DST. Sixth for Jamie, eighth for Dave, third for Heath. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Green Bay at Minnesota. Can Aaron Rodgers finally have a good game in Minnesota? It's been a while. We'll talk about it right after this. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Minnesota, two and a half point favorite over the Green Bay Packers at home. And 45 is the total here for this game. Uh, would you start either of the quarterbacks? I'd prefer not to, but, you know, Rodgers is so interesting because of the Hunter injury. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're lucky they got Ngakwe, you know, because now that pass rush is still going to be decent. But, um, you know, there shouldn't be a lot of pressure on Rodgers. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this game a little bit yesterday on HQ. And Heath brought up a good point in terms of these two teams clearly want to slow the game down and, and lean on their ground game, you know, and, and throw the ball when they have to. I'm going to anticipate the pass attempts being low. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers had like a 202 type of game, but I don't think there's going to be a high ceiling here unless just things go really out of whack either way. So, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's almost like that uh, Seattle, Minnesota, Seattle, Atlanta game. You kind of know who you're playing. It's like you know who you're playing for this. You're playing the top receiver on each team. You're playing the running back, top running back on each team, and that's really it. Like Lazard is a flyer okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the, we got new cornerbacks for the Vikings. Um, no Everson Griffin, obviously. No new Daniel starting Hunter. quarterbacks. New starting quarterbacks. They've been there for a while. Yeah, you're right. Right. 
but it's no, no more Waynes, no more Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what this defense looks like here. Uh, very new, very different defense. Pretty different defense. Uh, Aaron Jones, I was surprised. Is only seventeenth for you, Jamie. Seventh for Dave. Tenth uh, in PPR for Dave. Eighteenth for Jamie. Um, he crushed the Vikings last year. We had twenty three carries in both games. Just don't know what the workload's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you're not you're not benching him. Just a lot of running backs that I like a little bit better. So, um, okay. any sleepers in the game? I don't mean to shortchange this game, but you're right. It's it's a simple game. We're not going to start. We're not going to start the tight ends, are we? Not with confidence. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, uh, tight end premium league. You know, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph are, are dark throws just because you don't know how each guy's going to be used in what capacity. You know, are they just red zone threats? Is Smith going to be? split out a little bit more. You know, that's the thing I think you'd look for if you're hoping for him. And then Robert Tanyan, you know, I mean, how many people are going to buy into him now until you've seen actually something that he can do productive. So, um, or that's productive, excuse me. So I, I think it's, again, it, you know, Lazard is really the wild card. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody's starting Justin Jefferson because he may not, you know, see the field as much as we hope early on. I don't think anybody's starting BC Johnson. Uh, they've been very excited for uh, in Green Bay about Marcos Valdez-Scantling, but we went down this road before. So, you know, how many uh, opportunities is he going to get target-wise? Yeah. Okay. That, that'd be my concern. They but he's, do somebody, play, he, he's somebody that I'd keep an eye on. Packers do play Detroit next week. So if you wanted to deep stash MVS or Tanyan, you could. I mean, if they have a good game this week, there's a chance they could have another one next week against the Lions. So last question uh, will be, let's do some Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? I have Rodgers higher. Carr. Aaron Rodgers or Cam? Cam. I believe I have Rodgers higher than Cam. Aaron Rodgers or Garoppolo? Rodgers. Rodgers or Burrow? Rodgers. Also Rodgers. All right. Minnesota's DST is 10th or 11th in the rankings, depending on the analysts. Green Bay's DST is somewhere between 12 and 16. They are okay plays this week. Detroit is at Chicago. Stat of the game, Mitchell Trubisky in his last three games against the Lions has scored 41, 24, and 29 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. And the Lions secondary, I mean, it really it could be bad. Uh, we will see. But um, they did add Desmond Trufant, but they lost Darius Slay. They traded Quandre Diggs midseason. So well, you got to look- mention that they drafted Jeffrey Okuda. They did, yep. Rookie out of Ohio State. We but, and we don't know if he's going to be able to be impactful right, right. away. But yeah, the, the matchup's whole defense. Good. Trubisky. The whole defense looks bad. Come on, let's feel it. Trubisky. Oh, uh, I I think he's absolutely the sneaky DFS play of the week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But in in see, Trubisky or Rogers. Rogers. All right. So it's it's a little bold. It's a little bold. But there's something there, maybe. Um. All right. Uh, for Detroit, the best running back will be Carryon Johnson. Yep. The best running back will be Carryon Johnson. But I mean, they were very, very excited about Adrian Peterson yesterday, based on reports. So <laughs> uh, it could be ugly. <sighs> yeah. Okay. This game, obviously. Well, we'll stick. We'll stick with Detroit. Matthew Stafford, if Galladay plays, must start. No. No, I don't think he's a must start. <clears throat> can't say we can't say that Brady is not a must start if we know that his top receiver isn't at hundred percent, and then say that Stafford is when his top receiver isn't at hundred yeah. percent, and Stafford's passing game isn't as deep or rich as Brady's. And the well, Bears not far off. I mean, <laughs> it, it's not it's not as talented at the top because Godwin's obviously much better than. 
than uh, Marvin Jones. If you're yeah. comparing the two big outside guys, but right. You know. And then, so if we take them away, who's next best? Is it Hawkinson? Yeah, no, or would I you mean, take one of the tight ends I or, mean, but yeah, but it's not like the Lions don't have a good passing attack. They, they have a great passing attack, you know? So With, right. Sure. If, if, yeah. I, I think you're right. If, if you, if you take Evans and, and put him at less than hundred percent and Gallaudet less than hundred percent in, in what are both not easy matchups, you know, the, the, the Bears defense, you said it best at the start of the show. They're not the same defense. They're not going to be as elite as they were two years ago when they did a great job against Stafford. Stafford didn't play them last year because of his back injury. Yeah. But this is still a good defense that has had plenty of time to get ready for this game. And they're going to test that offensive line. Certainly Khalil Mack, is, as we've seen, can wreck a game by himself and, and blow up a quarterback by himself. And so if you have uh, you know reservations about Stafford, who we know was a borderline starter based on his draft position, you can go a different direction. I know Dave doesn't agree with Cam, but I'd start Cam over him. I would start Ben Roethlisberger over him. I think those are two guys. And Jared Goff, I think I'd start him over him as well. You know, just games that either have favorable matchups or high projected totals in terms of Goff. You know, I think those are scenarios for me I'd buy into more so than I would starting Stafford this week. And by the time everybody looks at this, Roethlisberger and Goff will be ranked ahead of Stafford for me. Maybe Cam too. So it's it's going to be close. It just depends on how you really feel about Cam and whether or not he can be that dude in New England. Okay. So what should the Kenny Galladay manager do if Kenny Galladay cry? Plays? Well, if he plays, <laughs> he what cry do you do? and ask to do the draft over again? <laughs> if he plays, I think you start him over Marvin Jones. Like who would you rank? Ahead? Yeah, over Marvin Jones. All I right. think you still start him as a top twenty type of wide receiver. I would start. T.Y. Hilton over him. I would start D.J. Chark over him. I would start Deshaun Jackson over him. I was telling people last night, I'm, I'm sure you guys were as well, within questions that you got on Twitch, uh, Fuller, Fuller over yeah. Galladay, you know, just with the safety factor of knowing Fuller was going to play. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't start Marvin Jones over him because if they feel comfortable enough that Galladay's out there, you got to hope that it's not like what we saw with Brandon Cooks where he's not 100%. And if you hear, you know, Matt Patricia obviously comes from the Patriots, you know, family. So he's going to, you know, talk the same way Bill Belichick talks because he thinks that's the right way to operate. Um, he said that, you know, they're just being cautious with not practicing, mm. you know, Galladay. I would not be surprised if we get Friday afternoon limited for Galladay, questionable, mm-hmm. limited for Evans, questionable, and we're going to come down to Sunday as a game time decision. So, you know, just be prepared. Uh, you know, if you don't, have better options. You you hope Galladay goes out there and plays well. And if you do have better options, you bench him. All right, let's say Galladay plays. Who's a better option, Anthony Miller or Marvin Jones? Jones. Jones. I am very excited about Allen Robinson yeah. in this game. <laughs> he's a mm. good DFS option. I mean, he's probably worth the price tag. Just looks like a great, great setup for him. Um, I... TJ Hawkinson, starter sit. If Galladay is out, I think it's easier to start him. If Galladay is in, I'd be a little bit cautious, but, you know, depending on what you drafted, you know, I'm not going to drop Hawkinson to go get Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle, you know, just based on them having good matchups. But if you had an extra roster spot, you would start Ebron and Doyle over, over. Him. I would personally, but I, you know, that may change if we find out Galladay's out. Okay. Wouldn't Ma- change for me. I would go with those guys. Would you start David Montgomery or Marvin Jones? Jones PPR. Yeah, I, Montgomery I, I forget, none. I forget who you compared him to earlier, but same. Okay. Um, would you start David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen? Sport I start Matt? Montgomery in non-PPR. Cohen way ahead of Montgomery in PPR. If yeah. Montgomery gets in another full practice, I think I would take Montgomery in both. 
Okay. Lions, by the way, allowed the third most receiving yards to running backs. And a a uh, Chicago running back caught a touchdown in both games. One week it was Cohen, one week it was David Montgomery. Cohen has scored in three of his last four against Detroit. All right. I like it. Uh, David Montgomery or James Robinson? Montgomery. Montgomery. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I mean, couldn't you see a path to Montgomery getting 20 carries in this game? Yeah. That's still, only, I, that sounds a little silly because he's been dealing with the injury, no, but 20, if he's really okay. 20. 20 seems high. 16. Okay. I'll take it's it. It's 80% of 20. <laughs> You're right. Uh, okay. Then Bears DST is top 10. Two more games. Fun ones. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Dallas and the Rams. One of my least favorite things is doing the, well, if this guy play like we have to, but it's so annoying. Yeah, we've we already to. been doing it for 40 minutes. I know today. it's so annoying. These injuries are just so big. Uh, so Tampa Bay and New Orleans stat of the game in their last six games, the Bucks held Julio Jones to 68 yards and 78 yards in two games. DJ Chark to 47 yards, Kenny Galladay to 44 yards and DeAndre Hopkins to 23 yards. And I don't believe any of them caught a touchdown. The, this became one of the toughest matchups for number one wide receivers. By no means am I saying sit Michael Thomas, but also in those six games, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, D.D. Westbrook, Marcus Johnson, Zach Pascal, Danny Amendola, all of them scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points. So that's why I brought up Emmanuel Sanders a little bit earlier. Traquan Smith scores a touchdown in basically every home game. Um, but is Michael Thomas the only Saints wide receiver that you're starting? Yep. Yes. I, I, I would be encouraged, though, if Sanders comes out and has, even if he doesn't have a great game, if he's anywhere close to seven or eight targets, because then it shows you that they're finally going to use a second receiver because the other second receivers that they've had the last three seasons have been non-existent with Trey Quan and with Ted Ginn. The thing that's interesting that I want to see is, you know, Drew Brees clearly being a good teammate said, this is going to be a breakout season for Trey Quan Smith. Those two things can't happen if Michael Thomas is still north of 150 targets and, and Kamara's healthy. So is it going to be some shots in Trey Quan's direction? Is it going to be, Sanders just getting, you know, a, a hefty workload. And again, seven, eight targets for him would be hefty workload. So those are the two things that I'm looking forward to seeing in how the Saints use the non-Michael Thomas receiver. Are you starting anyone in this game other than Kamara, Thomas, Godwin? That includes the tight ends. That includes the Tampa Bay running backs. I'm I would so- start Jared Cook. Remember, he oh, was yeah. drafted... Mm-hmm. Right in a lot of leagues as a starter. Mm-hmm. He scored in each of the two games against Tampa Bay last year. And in the last eight games that Breeze and Cook played together, he has seven touchdowns. Now that's not seven games of touchdowns, but he has seven touchdowns in those eight games. So he's a red zone option. You know, he just doesn't see a ton of targets. And so he's not good in PPR unless he scores, but this is a matchup where he can find the end zone. You know, if, if you're going to exploit this defense, it's the middle. It's not on the outside based on how those corners have played. So, and, and that's typically how you attack a Todd Bowles defense too. So yep. I, I think if, if Cook is right and Breeze is going to, you know, find the open guy, which he typically does better than anybody in the world, um, you know, this is, a, this is a game where, you know, Cook has an opportunity to, to be a top 10 type of fantasy tight end. And you don't run at the Bucks; You throw on the Bucks. Their run defense is expected to still be very good. So Best in more, football more pass year. attempts for Breeze, more throws. Targets for Cook should be there. Yeah, these two run defenses are 
among the best in football. And I mentioned this. I don't remember if I mentioned this on Twitch. I think it was on Twitch. But last year, Sheldon Rankin's defensive tackle for the Saints may not have really been himself because he tore his Achilles late in 2018. He played in 2019, but they, you know, I was just reading a, a couple weeks ago or last week. He could be even better this year. And that run defense was already stacked, which is why Fournette and Ronald Jones, you got to sit, right? Plus, you don't know. Certain workload. Yeah, right. You, you, you just... Like Bruce Arians saying that they're going to give a, a heavy role to Fournette is troubling if you're the Ronald Jones fantasy manager, if you were planning on playing Jones as a flex. And it's it's frustrating from the standpoint of you want to play Fournette, but you shouldn't. Like, you know, you, you, you clearly drafted this guy depending on when you drafted. If it was early in the process, he was drafted as a starter for you. If it was late in the process before he got signed by Tampa Bay, you know, you may have gotten a steal and don't have to play him, but... Um, you know, I, I would avoid the whole thing altogether because McCoy may be playing a lot in passing downs, you know, so it just could be completely ugly. All right, Tom Brady or... I think I already did this stuff. Tom Brady or Derek Carr if Mike Evans does not play? I'd still Carr. play Brady. Ooh, Carr, man. I'm going Carr. I get it. I get it. But I, I, you know, I don't want to make a transaction to pick up another quarterback if I don't have to. Dallas is at the Los Angeles You mean Rams. you don't already have Derek Carr on your <laughs> fantasy team? I can't believe it. Dallas is at the Rams, son. Oh, Sunday night. Start of the game, number one. Wide receivers with double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR or 14 PPR fantasy points. It's kind of a threshold that I use. Like, that's a good game. 10 or more in non, 14 or more in PPR uh, against the Rams in their last 10 games. That was after they got Jalen Ramsey. So basically, who did well against the Rams with Jalen Ramsey? There were eight wide receivers that had either 10 non-PPR or 14 PPR in those 10 games. One of them was Debo Samuel who had a rushing touchdown. So really, there were only seven. And they were guys like Alex Alec Erickson, or Alex Erickson, James Washington, Willie Sneed, Tavon Austin, and Demir Bird. Uh, also, Julio Jones. That was in Ramsey's first game. But they really did a very good job against number ones. So... I mean, that's why we said Gallup over Cooper. Dave was kind of iffy. He still likes Cooper, but he likes them all. But Dave, you didn't get a chance to um, talk about Cooper. Jamie's hesitant to start him. Number two, number three receiver, something like that. But you're okay with it? I would, I would prefer not to. Oh, all right. I mean, right. you, you got to look at him as more of... I think you've got to look at all three of these receivers as good enough to be number two wide receivers for your fantasy team, but you'd almost rather them all be in the flex. So how about rank... Ranking the receivers in this game. You'd have the Rams duo first. And then I believe I have Cooper, Gallup, Lamb. The one thing we know, I don't know if we know this for sure. I'd have to double check this. How often did Ramsey follow guys into the slot 56% last year? 56% of the time in the game last year was Ramsey was covering. That I know. Cooper. So, but did so will he, will he that follow mean, him everywhere? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to look we'll, it up right now. Uh, my my guess is uh, Cooper, even though he's practicing in full, may not be a hundred percent. Just Amari guessing. Cooper. Well, I mean, you know, he missed the last week of practice. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, him not being a hundred percent. I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm the Rams, I'm going to let Ramsey, you know, travel with with Cooper when he's on the outside, um, and and just eliminate him. But I could also see them. You know, remember, it's a new defense coordinator. So could they just decide, okay, we're just going to take away this side of the field and make make it one-dimensional? Okay. All right. In their last six games of 2019, Jalen Ramsey lined up in the slot 20 times. 
He then he played 39 snaps in week 10. And I don't know if that was against Dallas or not. I would have to go back and check. So I'm still in the in what week? Fact week finding. 15 when they played them. Week 10. So he didn't do it in week 15 when he played Dallas. And Cooper and Lamb are going to be the two guys that'll line up in the slot the most for the Cowboys. Which tight end do you like better, Jarwin or Higby? Higby, but it's close. I agree. I I think Jamie should make the point on Jarwin because he did it perfectly on HQ earlier this week. Well, I mean, you have a team that struggles to defend tight ends to begin with. And Jason Witten caught a touchdown against them last year. And if Ramsey's going to take away, you know, one guy, you know, Dak's smart enough to go a different direction. So, you know, it's just the argument that I made about Jarwin all off season. You know, he's going to get more targets, I think, than people expect because they added CD lamb. So I'm going to still think he's going to be six plus targets. And if he's getting six plus targets in this matchup, you know, you have no Littleton anymore for the Rams. Their, their linebacking core is different. So I think Jarwin's got a you know a matchup that he can have success in, and 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 Dak will lean on him. Jared Goff, does he feel like 21, 22 fantasy points kind of guy? Yep. Like you know, solid game. Absolutely. Yeah. Week ten was Rams and Steelers, so Ramsey was on Juju mm. for much of the game, and that's when he went into the slot. I would suspect that he does not do that this week. Well, that's pretty much this game. Start Dak, start Zeke, sit the Rams running backs, start the wide receivers, and go have some fun, everybody. Go win your league. Oh, all right. Football's back. Feels good. And we got a mailbag coming up for you that you'll hear on Saturday. Emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. At Remember, we got a busy day for you on Sunday on HQ beginning at 10 on Twitch, twitch.com slash fftoday at 1130. Until then, I'm Adam Azer. Are you going to for- brush your hair for HQ? I'm going to get my hair cut to hopefully, well, my wife has to do it, so it's up to her. Hopefully tonight. Uh, <laughs> why why I, didn't she do it before you go on camera? I like, will put some product in my hair and shape it up and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty. Friday's your day. This is, this is your spotlight day. Friday's the best day. I love Friday. Oh my God. Friday's awesome. Um, yeah. Gonna have fun weekend plans. All right, everybody. Enjoy yourself. Is this podcast in yet? No. It's, should I sing that song? It's Friday. You know that song? Didn't you used to play the Le'Veon Bell song? Oh, I can play that at Fridays? the end of the mailbag. I'll play it at the end of the mailbag. Sure. Okay. All right. Are you changing the, you changing the intro song? No, we have, a, we have a Ben. It's a perfect transition. Ben to Ben. Okay. Goodbye. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>